Welcome to the Reconciliation Conversation. We want this podcast to be a space where we can expose hate, encourage love, equip for healthy reconciliation, and emphasize unity so that all people can know their value together as one. Well, welcome to another edition of the Reconciliation Conversation podcast. As always, uh, my name is Derek Delane, and I'm here uh, with the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Dukes. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Legendary, I guess. Is, is legendary, <laughs> legendary. Man, you just you just got back from vacation too. How, how are you feeling? You rested? I'm feeling good, man. We had a, a really special trip with our oldest before yeah. he goes to college, and uh, we went out to the West to Zion National Park. It was, I highly recommend it. Uh, well, well, man, today I'm I'm excited. Uh, we have uh, another guest uh, on on the podcast. Uh, Miss Williamson, Darina Williamson, is a is a preacher's kid, a first lady, whew, and a veteran of cross culture ministry. In, in 1995, she and her husband uh, planted Strong Tower Bible Church, um, a faith community here in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, that celebrates the beauty of God's diverse kingdom. We're so thankful for that. Uh, she is an author. She writes books, uh, kids' books that adults need too. I love that. Uh, and is a member of the Society of Children's Book Writers and Illustrators. She's the author of Colorful thoughtful and graceful children's book uh, with B&H kids that feature diverse ethnicity and shape perspective on race, disability, and homelessness. Uh, as a longtime bridge builder and mother of four, she's passionate about planting seeds of truth for the next generation. Uh, I love that. And she is also a stylist uh, with Ever Eve Official, and you can learn more about that uh, at DarinaWilliamson.com. But ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Miss Darina Williamson. Miss Williamson, how are you doing today? I am doing great. Thank you so much, brothers, for having me on. So good to to have the opportunity to chat with y'all. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Uh, well, you, I, I read it, but uh, I want to talk about it a little bit. So you're you're a mother of of four. So uh, Jason has us both beat. He has uh, he has seven. Uh, I I just have two. All right. So uh, we're you're right right in the middle there. Uh, but can you share uh, some of the highlights uh, and the lowlights? Uh, you know, about the, the formative conversations that you've had to have with your kids uh, about diversity and racism uh, and the need for reconciliation. Yes. Well, my children are now 16, 20, 24, and 26. Hmm. So I have two who are paying their own taxes. <laughs> I don't get to claim them as uh, dependents anymore, <laughs> but they are... Uh, they are still dependent on us for wisdom. And I have found that something that does not um, stop once they get to a certain age. Uh, and certainly our college daughter, 20 years old, and then our high schooler, our baby at 16. Um, we are having really relevant conversations with our kids. Um, we actually just returned this weekend from being in Thelma and Montgomery, Alabama, which are just a few hours south of where we live here in the Nashville Franklin area. And um, our son was not able to go. He's just started his uh, year of teaching and was pretty overloaded this weekend. But the girls and Chris and I had a lot of conversation as we reflected and walked through um, some significant civil rights sites, you know, the Edmund Pettus Bridge and Selma. And we had just watched the movie, you know, the week before. And so we, we have tried to cultivate conversations. And some of that is through, uh, you know, movies, through things that we've read, um, you know, our girls on social media. So sometimes the conversations are from something, mom, did you hear what happened on Twitter? Or 
Did you see a post? Um, certainly when they were younger, you know, it was through reading books. It was through um, the school that they went to that was diverse. But we we have had to, you know, raising Black children in the South, especially in Middle Tennessee with the Civil War history that is um, really revered in this region, we have had to um, cultivate conversations and make sure that our children get a foundation at home that reminds them of who they are and whose they are. Mm-hmm. Not just that their last name is Williamson, yeah. but that they are our children of, of the king and, and what that means. So we've, we've had to do it. Um, it's been a joy. Sometimes it's been painful because I wish we didn't have to have a talk with them when they all started driving more than what white parents have to have, you know, especially with our son. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had some heartbreaking moments, some good moments, but heartbreaking moments for him, especially. Um, and I'm thankful that he could still call us at 26 years old and, and grieve about feeling like he's being stared at or just the, the hardship that it is being a black man in culture today um, for our daughters as well. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's painful. I, I wish we could insulate them, but uh, wishing does not arm them. It doesn't prepare them for mm-hmm. the walk that they have to have. So, you know, times like this past weekend are reminders for them and for us that we, we come from really strong stock. We come mm-hmm. from people who have suffered long and put forth such good work that we get to walk. And it was refreshing, reminder, encouragement for them as it was for Chris and I. That's good. That's good. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, that's, uh, so we are, I'm, I'm in a uh, interracial marriage. And so, you know, our kids are uh, nine and nine and six. And um, my daughter, who is a little bit older, you know, she can, uh, you know, we're having conversations with her and processing things with her. And, um, my my son, uh, he so I'll backtrack a little bit more. My my daughter is very fair skinned, whereas my son uh, looks more complexion like like me. And so, um, and we're already having conversations, uh, you know, that you're having, um, you know, with them. And it's one of those things where you know I was, I was talking to my wife, and she was like, "Yeah, I never had to have these conversations, you know, when I was when I was a kid. That wasn't that wasn't the norm." And I was like, "Well, you know." It is a norm now, um, and so uh, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, I think uh, for me, uh, as a as a as a dad, but not only just a dad, but a, a black dad, uh, to hear the perspective from from those who've kind of gone on before me uh, and how they've talked to their kids and the things that they've done, uh, I greatly appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Miss Williamson, you uh, have written at least that I'm aware of, three children's books. And so I want to read an excerpt from one of them. And and just so our listeners can hear a little bit about what they're like and what you're writing about. And, and then I'd love for you to talk just a little bit about why this book and more like it are, are needed. Why, why do children and this next generation need this kind of encouragement to really honor and appreciate the beauty of diversity, the significance of oneness, where where oneness doesn't mean unanimity, but it means unity around difference as well. And like having difference in the midst of that unity, if that makes sense. And, and so let me read an excerpt from this, and then I'll let you, um, I'll let you kind of speak to that. So it says, close your eyes, she said. 
Imagine if you couldn't see any of the colorful things around you. No blue sky, no white clouds, no crazy gray squirrel. Now open your eyes and enjoy the view. God did wonderful work making his creation so colorful. Wouldn't it be sad to miss out on all this beauty he made? Imani looked around and thought for a second. Yep, this is much better than being in the dark. You guys are probably thirsty after all that color hunting. Come have a snack. I want to tell you something else that's very special about God's creation. We just saw how God painted vivid colors. He did that on purpose, making everything in the earth and sky a special color. Now, when God created people, he didn't make us all one color either, did he? Asked Granny Mac. No, ma'am. God made my skin chocolate just like yours, said Christopher with pride. That's right, chuckled Granny Mac. God decided chocolate was the right skin color for you. And Imani, even though you and Christopher are in the same family, your caramel-colored skin is different than his. What about me, Granny Mac? asked Kayla, her eyes wide. Dear girl, God decided you would look beautiful with vanilla-colored skin. And red hair, added Kayla. (laughs) Absolutely. Hair the color of the rising sun, said Granny Mac with a smile. God must love color to have made all of Earth's people with such wonderful shades. That's something to celebrate. We can celebrate all our differences, the color of our skin, the texture of our hair, the shape of our eyes, nose, and lips. Every single person is part of God's grand design. Sometimes people say we should be colorblind and and not notice the different colors of our skin. But God gave us eyes to take in all his wonderful colors. Why would we want to be blind and not see them? So if we aren't colorblind, then what are we, asked Kayla? Granny Mac declared, well, our eyes are full of all the colors God made. And our hearts are full of celebration for all that color. So that means we are colorful. Yeah, baby, we're not colorblind. We're colorful, said Christopher. Talk about that, Ms. Williams. So why, first of all, awesome book. And we, our family now owns all three. But talk about why that, that these kinds of books are needed. And like you say on your Instagram uh, profile, not just for kids, but for adults too. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Jason, for reading that excerpt. It filled me with the light to listen to other people um, read my book. So it's mm. uh, it's such a joy. Thank you for sharing that. Um, the reason that I wrote Colorful is because I had begun to become agitated. I recognized that in our faith circle, so many people thought that colorblindness was a helpful approach. We just see people from the inside. So I teach my children not to see color. I teach my children to see color, to be colorblind. And while I understood that that has good intention, what it's doing in essence, first of all, to be blatantly honest, it is lying to our children because they do see color. And the beginning of the book, you know, 
the grandmother is walking the children through this teachable celebration and conversation about the colors and bubbles, the colors in you know fruit and vegetables, the things that they see. I know when my children were tiny, the first words that they began to form involved colors. <laughs> and so we encourage them to see color and to name color and to um, you know definitively identify color-based everything around them. The only time that people speak of colorblindness is when it comes to skin color. And so there's a reason for that. So colorful is to raise that awareness to say, God created these colors. And, you know, for the faith community, and certainly I'm I'm grateful that colorful has been embraced by people who don't claim Christianity because I think it's a very creative way to, um, to honor God, to worship God, to worship the creator who designed every color that he made. From the yeah. sunset, so we've been seeing some beautiful ones here in Middle Tennessee um, that are filled with color. And I would never say, oh, I can't appreciate all of those hues. I'm colorblind. Um, it is a part of celebrating and honoring the effort that God took to design all the species around us of spiders, of reptiles, of again, of our vegetation. And so colorful is a, a teaching tool and a conversation beginner and an opportunity for parents and yes of children to really wrap their heart around celebrating and having language that says my color whatever it is and i use chocolate and vanilla and caramel um i've had wonderful conversations with parents who said thank you for giving me some great language that my kids can use to celebrate themselves but also to see in their friends Mm-hmm. the beauty of the colors that God made on them. And then also I wrote it as a corrective. And I want to just read a sentence from a book um, that I got at the Equal Justice Initiative this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. Bob Jones, who founded Bob Jones University, for some who may not be aware of fundamentalist Christianity. Um, I grew up going to a very conservative Christian school and we went to academic competitions. Bob Jones schools were part of those. So I was very familiar with Um, his institutions. But he said in 1960, um, he explained his conviction that God was the author of segregation and that opposition to segregation amounted to opposition to God. Wow. And so I wrote Colorful because Bible teachers like Mr. Jones, like many more who are still perpetuating what they believe is the gospel, there are people my age who grew up on this. They have parents like my parents and their parents may have been taught this and their parents were taught this by Christendom. Again, we're talking about the Christian faith now. So mm-hmm. Christians who have been taught that God was the author of segregation. And so we have to teach our children. We have a responsibility to yeah. train this next generation. And I write children for adults need too, because my heart's desire is that as parents and grandparents are reading books like Colorful with their grandchildren, that yeah. God is planting some seeds in their hearts too. And that, that they are coming to this awareness that I, I either of, of the need to repent, to lament, to say, my God, I was taught wrong. I missed, as the book said, mm-hmm. why would you want to be in the dark? I missed out on celebrating yeah. the beauty that God made in people and the ramifications of that we could see all in our history and our, our stories from, you know, Native uh, Native American, you know, just the, the horrific way that they were treated, both in American and indigenous people worldwide, you know, the enslavement of Africans, on and on. 
people groups and just the effects of, um, you know, racial difference, white supremacy. But I wrote Colorful to help, to give a tool for parents, to help shape a perspective for the next generation, to be affirmed that the way God made them is beautiful. And if anybody says otherwise, nope, God made me this color and it's beautiful. And there's no oops. There's no, this one was better or God intended that. So whatever range they are, you know, for your beautiful family, Derek, of of diversely colored, you know, children and mommy and daddy are different colors, you know, and colorful, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a biological family with one sibling that's a little shade lighter, but there's Mm -hmm. that intentional pride that God Mm -hmm. designed that too. There's no accident in that. So um, I wrote it as a corrective and as an affirmation and I'm grateful, so grateful that a generation of, of little ones um, and older people <laughs> yeah. are, are grasping that truth. And, and hopefully it's, it's planting seeds for a harvest for us. Well, I'm, I'm thankful that you, that you did write those. And, um, you know, we have, we have read through colorful with our, with our two littles and um, man, it's again, it's, it is, uh, it's a great resource, not just for them, um, but for us as well. And, uh, and I, I want to join in that prayer with you, uh, that the Lord will use that to, to plant seeds and in, in the hearts of, of his people uh, and those who are not yet his people uh, yeah. in understanding the beauty of, of, of what he has created Amen. Amen. Uh, and what he is putting out. Um, I love that. So, uh, well, that, that actually leads us into our, our next question. Clearly, uh, you're entrepreneurial, like you are you are doing things you, you help start. A uh, local church I mentioned that earlier. Uh, you you do help as a stylist with uh, Ever Eve Official. You've written these books. Um, you know you've done a lot. Uh, so the question is, you know, why why start these things? Uh, why start these things? But then uh, to elaborate a little bit more, um, why don't you like in your starting these things, share with us a little bit about the culture of of the church that you guys have started? Um, you know. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the Ever Eve official as as well, um, just to give our listeners, give us uh, some some understanding um, as to why it may be necessary to imagine, to think outside the box, uh, to create these new environments for uh, for these opportunities for people to see uh, and, and a reimagine uh, American future together. Yeah, that, that's good. I, I like to think of the analogy of wearing different hats. And, and a lot of that analogy comes from being a stylist with Every Official. It is a wonderful company that's all about empowering women one outfit at a time. And so we literally style women who come into our store. It's just a really unique experience for women to, to be um, embraced and understand that their own body type and their lifestyle, the life that they are called to live out um, is great. And, and we can come alongside and help them with that. And Certainly for me as a first lady, you know, pastor's wife, as a mom, and now as a children's book author, it has empowered me to um, be comfortable in not only in the skin that I'm in, but uh, even in my season of life to uh, not feel like I need to identify like younger women. You know, I have young adult daughters. I don't want to be like them. I've lived that season of life. I'm grateful for the season I'm in now. And uh so to be able to empowerment onto women is, is truly a joy. But from an entrepreneurial standpoint, uh, you know, I love to remind myself that God is a creator and he endows his people with good gifts. And these gifts come from above, you know, um, James reminds us of that. And so, you know, 
the opportunity to plant a church, to do something that did not exist, certainly in in Williamson County and in, in Franklin, where our church started and then later moved to Nashville. I can't even say that it was our grand idea. We have just found where God was at work and joined that work. And he clearly called us a diverse church. He took our individual stories, my husband's, and called for something beautiful. And, and we feel blessed to have been a part of that for 25 years. But certainly in, in authoring children's books as well, it's for me, it's just been about utilizing the gifts that God has given me in this season that, you know, continuing to resist comparing myself to someone else. Sometimes you can find someone who has done what you aspire to do and learn from them. Certainly we can, from our faith, perspective, you know, we've got people, men and women all through scripture. Um, so we can learn from their perseverance. We can learn from how they trusted God, you know, Abraham and Sarah being called, you know, I'm going to make a great nation from an infertile old couple, like only God yeah. imagines and calls for something like that. But we learn from that, that God specializes in the impossible. So when he calls us to do the impossible things, like plant a diverse church in a Confederate rich town where there's still you know, Confederate flag flying at prominent places um, and people still do their reenactment, still argue battlegrounds more than they want to honor a fuller story that shares mm. the contributions of people of color as well. That God would say in this area, this is where I want to launch Diverse Church and I want it to flourish to my glory. And that he will call a, a stay-at-home mom um, who was just busy doing life and start giving me seeds of ideas, take me through a, a, a difficult journey to try to accept this new assignment, this new career, and then to walk it out in faith. But I, again, I can look to Sarah and Abraham. I can look to Rebecca. I can look to Esther's courage. I mean, I can look all through scripture and then I can look to my heritage as a black woman. You know, I can look at Sojourner Truth and Harriet Tubman, Philip Wheatley and John Lewis, C.T. Vivian. When segregationists said, uh, you know, segregation now, segregation forever, God raised up um, voices to refute that and to cancel that out because that was not a representation of God. Mm -hmm. And so I um, continue to learn and continue to grow, continue to practice flexibility and not get myself fixated in a box <laughs> or feel like I've checked that off and now I'm moving on. But be reminded that I am God's dearly loved child. And because I'm his child, I mean, I still yet have much to learn. And mm -hmm. uh, being fully dependent on the Holy Spirit to author whatever God has called me to do, because he's, he's the one that started the good work. You know, Paul reminds us of that in Philippians 1. You know, he began it. He will be faithful to continue it. And so keeping my eyes focused on him is, is the key. And it's much easier said than done, but. <laughs> no, that's, uh, that's, I, that's, that's good. Hmm, so good. Well, as we wrap up here, Ms. Williamson, you know, we usually wrap up by asking this question, but I want to I want to change the question a little bit this time. Um, usually, we ask, "What would you suggest as both a either a new step or a next step for someone wanting to cultivate for oneness and reconciliation and a, and a reimagined American community together?" You know, we usually ask something like that. But let me change the question this time a little bit for our listeners out there. What are some just very simple things they can do to become more colorful, more thoughtful, and more graceful? Well, I love that. Um, and I'm going to hold up um, just copies of the other two books while I'm sharing that. So to become more colorful, um, starting with this one, 
every time you see another human being, see the image of God in that person. Remind yourself that God made them in his image, just as he made you. For some of us, we have to start with acknowledging that we were made in God's image. Um, You know, no matter what people have said about us or over us. And some of that goes back to seeds that were planted when we were children. And so I want to just speak over every listener and remind them that you are made in the image of God. Every single human, there's no exemption. So whatever people have said about you, the things that have been said about your people group, the things that have been said um, that harmed you, I want you to hear the voice of your heavenly father, of the creator who created Adam and Eve and said, it is very good. Mm -hmm. So you are a very good part of God's creation. And he made your color on purpose and you are beautiful. And that's how you glorify him. Mm -hmm. So glorify him in the way that he made you with the color that he made you. And then I would encourage us to practice thoughtfulness. Um, in this book, our central character here is a little Native American boy who has Down syndrome. And he is inspired by my nephew, who's 13 years old. Josiah has Down syndrome as well. That is a bonus chromosome that they rock. And that was an intentional design by God. And so when you see people who okay. have a difference, whether it's visible, um, it may be a way that their body works differently than yours. Or it may be um, invisible. Um, It may be a way that their mind um, works differently, processes differently. But if you come in proximity to people who um, have a difference from you, again, see the image of God in them. See Mm -hmm. that they have gifts just like you have gifts. And Mm -hmm. ask God to show you what those gifts are and appreciate them, the gifts that God has given to them. So this book is an encouragement for us to practice kindness, which is a fruit of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Hello, people. Hello, somebody. Hello. Um, it's not just something to wear a t shirt, but kindness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yes, ma'am. Let's go. <laughs> and if you Let's have go. a deficit that's right. of it, right. then that's called that's called Holy Spirit, help me grow some some more of this. Um, because yeah, we we should be the kindest people. We should be cultivating that fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love it. And then this reminds us that the neighbors that we are proximate to in our schools, in our churches, in our homes, our, our areas of living, that whatever walk of life we come across, that God has dispensed his grace to all of us and it is to be shared. Mm-hmm. And so my prayer for us all, and I include myself in that, is that when we see people different from us, that we will not assign a negativity to it. That's something mm-hmm. I think is so important to teach children that people different from us does not mean that that is bad. Yeah. Just because they speak a different language, there's nothing bad about their language and good about yours. It's different. It's an opportunity to share and to learn. So teach your children to approach with curiosity, not to pull away from people who are different because that, that adds a shame that doesn't need to be there. So have those conversations, practice it as adults. Remember that your children are listening to the way you talk about people. Mm-hmm. They are picking up those silent cues that you don't think they're picking up on. Our children are very intelligent. And so we are children of God and we we must walk it out. We can do better. We can do better because this is what God calls for us. Mm-hmm. We also can do better because this is what we're imparting to the next generation. And I believe that we can offer a beautiful and powerful witness. As you said, Jason, that's not we're all the same. You know, we are a redeemed tri- people from every nation, tribe, kindred, and tongue. And as mm-hmm. John saw that vision of Revelation, those people retained their identities. He saw these yeah. different yep. groups of people who still had their tribal identity and national identity and linguistic identities. And so 
around the throne that diversity is there because that's how God created it. So let's embrace yeah. it here. Let's lean into it. Let's cultivate it in our communities. And let's be a powerful witness to the world of the love of Christ. That's so good. That's good. So good. Miss Darina, we uh, we greatly appreciate it. We appreciate your time. You know that uh, obviously with everything else we have going on for you to make time for us, uh, we are we are honored. So so thank you very much for for our listeners. We know that uh, they can follow you on on Twitter. Or is it Twitter and Instagram or just uh, Instagram? What is the what's the best? I'm way actually they can gonna all of them. All they of can them. follow me on any on all of them. If you Let's go to go. my website, DorinaWilliamson.com, there's links to all of them. But I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I am probably a little more active, I'd say, on Instagram than the other two. But uh, reach out. I'd love to continue the conversation. And especially if you get copies of these books, I love, love, love to see tags with kids and the books. It just uh, warms my heart and uh, we all need encouragement and things to brighten our days in the midst of walking COVID. So, you know, grab a copy of a wonderful kids book that would <laughs> encourage your family and uh, tag me in those photos and let's just spread the joy. We all need to see it. So, Yes, yes, <laughs> yes ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And as, as well as uh, your, your other uh, endeavors with, uh, with ever Eve official, I just want to make sure that's at ever Eve official. Is that just on Instagram or is it Twitter and Instagram as well? Ever Every is on all the socials. There are over 90 stores nationwide. There are two here in Middle Tennessee. There's also opportunities to shop and receive online and be styled virtually and have that sent to you. So ladies, if you need some wardrobe refreshers, um, just some, even just some great tips on ways why you're doing Zooms at home and, uh, you know, navigating to still feel confident in, in, in yourself. Every is just, it's pretty awesome. Fantastic. So Fantastic. Cool. Well, thank you again, Ms. Williamson. We appreciate you for joining us on the Reconciliation Conversation. For our listeners, we're thankful for you as well. Uh, We'll join you next time as we continue the conversation then. Thank you for joining in on the Reconciliation Conversation. Remember, you can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Recon Convo. You can also stay connected with us through our website, reconciliationconversation.com, or feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel under No More Night Media. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you next time.